0: today on Laura Lin and friends it's going to be by far the greatest scandal in medical history there's nothing that even remotely will come close to this catastrophic rollout of covid-19 vaccines that were that were rushed
1: well hello everyone and welcome to the beginning of the last days how have you uh, been enjoying your christmas holidays i have loved it Sort of, it was a little bit cold, but then uh, the big uh, defreezing kind of came and we went from minus 15 temperatures to rain and sort of zero to plus one, plus two. Unbelievable. So it was fantastic. Snow falling off the roof in the middle of the night, you know, that's like, you know, it's all that rumbling and uh, lots of eggnog and family, wonderful times. And so I've enjoyed that rest. I'm glad to be back here. Of course, uh, you all know that I did and was able to dig myself out of the snow single-handedly uh, with no help from my husband who had pretty much shoe, you know, house moccasins on. And uh, he... I watched from the window. <laughs> you were closer than the window, actually. He was right like 10 feet, but he didn't get in the snow and I shoveled that snow and there was nothing that was going to stop me from getting to my nail appointment. And, uh, so I proved how, uh, how much perseverance I can really have and how much hard labor I can do when something is that important, taught me a huge lesson. It's always uh, good to know what's important. So we're going to have, uh, an amazing show. Dr. William Macus again with us. Um, I'm tracking very closely with everything that he is bringing about, uh, one of the most courageous men and doctors in Canada. He has paid a very high price to speak the truth and he does so without any hesitation, which is really amazing. And he's outing something that nobody is talking about the children that are dying. This is important. I don't see a reason why this is not being reported on global CTV or CBC. I don't know why anyone would want to keep valuable information from us at a time when it's epic. I do know that if you harm a child, that in God's books, it would be better for you to tie a millstone around your own neck and throw yourself into the ocean. So I opened up my dad's Bible, as I love to do. I miss him so much. He's been gone just over a year. And uh, this Bible is full of notes, you know, different pages and stuff like that. I open it up to something I think is actually quite apropos today. And that is in Hebrews 10, where it says in verse 26, For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. If you know something's wrong and you keep doing it, what is the price that has to be paid for that? I mean, we know that our Savior, the Savior of the world, the reason for the season, gave his life so that we could be free of our sin. But if we sin willfully, I, I don't... I do not want to be one of the people on the wrong end of this time in history. You know, my dad also underlined verse 27, but a certain fearful looking for judgment and a fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. That's what's waiting for people who do wrong. Um, and then down in verse 30, it says, and again, the Lord shall judge his people It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And I think it is fearful. And a healthy fear of who God is and his judgment on this planet for what is going on. And I I happen to believe that Canada maybe is facing judgment right now. We're stuck with a prime minister who is uh, dragging our economy. Do you know that in order to buy an American dollar right now, it's... $1.40 Canadian. Go ahead, check it out. Call your bank. Say you'd like to borrow, you'd like to buy some American dollars. It's going to cost you as a Canadian $1.40. I think Justin Trudeau has some answering to do for what he's done to our country, how he's treated everyone, how he is uh, being spoken of across the world by those that value freedom. They call him a real tyrant they literally use horrible names for him and that's what we're under so one of the big concerns of course that we're following is what's happening with the vaccine rollout um, and one of the chiefest and most important things would be how is that affecting our children as dr Teresa tam dr bonnie henry all the other Health officers basically rolling it out, still saying it's safe and effective. Well, let's look at some data. Who are we to say? Let's look at some of the information that is being made available to us. And apparently, it's not easy to find. But there's one man, Dr. William Mackis, who is hunting it down. And we owe him a great service for what he's done. So, uh, Dr. Mackis, thank you very much for joining us again. And right in the middle of the holidays, we sure do appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this.
0: Thank you, Laurelyn, for having me on again.
1: Well, it seems to be pretty important. Um, you have you have really outed that there's 23 kids that have died. I believe you said in the last month. And you're, you're looking for details of that. So tell us about this journey that you're on and what you're finding.
0: So there was a, a CBC article that came out a few days ago, and uh, it was actually about... Uh, the large number of kids who are dying from uh, allegedly from influenza and strep A and so on. And the CBC journalists had gone and they had asked the various provincial officials, health officials for information. And they reported back and they said that Alberta was the first province that reported back. And uh, they had reported back with, um, I think it was four or five kids that had died from influenza. Um, And for example, Ontario had refused to provide any information at all. So so I think their number was something like 13. And I I dug into that a little more closely and I came up with uh, 23. So 23 Canadian kids have died suddenly or unexpectedly in the past month, just in the past month. Now, a lot of this is being attributed to influenza. A few have been attributed to streptococcus infections um, that had been fatal, that shouldn't be fatal. And uh, then there's also sudden deaths that are, you know, strange and and that really no one is talking about at all. So I wanted to give you uh, just a quick breakdown of of provinces, um, how many deaths in each province. So in British Columbia, six kids have died of the flu. And I believe one of them um, had a strep infection as well. Uh, In Alberta, it's six kids, four from flu, two sudden deaths. In Manitoba, three kids have died, one from flu, two sudden deaths. Ontario, four deaths, even though the Ontario public health officials have absolutely refused to comment or release any information. So I have found uh, two had died from flu and two had died suddenly. Uh, Quebec, three deaths, two from streptococcus. This was kids under the age of two, one sudden death, a six-year-old uh, boy and one sudden death in Nova Scotia. So for a total of, of 23 deaths and what is, um, what is absolutely uh, upsetting to me is that no one is talking about this. Uh, you try to find this information online you can't there is that one cbc article that said um, and you know to their credit they did say that you know uh their count of 13 deaths that it is a record that um the pre-pandemic um deaths had never gotten above nine um and and so we're already way past um sort of the previous um you know previous records and but really the fact that the provincial health authorities are refusing to provide this information to parents, uh, to me is unacceptable. Now we don't know the mRNA vaccination status of a lot of these kids, but we can infer um, the mRNA vaccination status of at least some of them because uh, a lot of these kids are athletes. They, they, they were in athletics. Um, uh, several of them are hockey players. Uh, There was one hockey player, um, a 13-year-old boy in um, Calgary, Alberta, who had actually collapsed and died during a basketball tryout uh, in his school. He was a grade-8 student, a hockey player, so presumably uh, mRNA COVID vaccinated to be able to play hockey. uh, And he collapsed during a basketball tryout on November 9th and died. Um, You know, some of these kids um who are in high school um again in athletics um you know so presumably they would have been uh, mRNA vaccinated for COVID-19 and this is something that the health, provincial health authorities should absolutely be telling the parents if um a child's immune system has been damaged by the mRNA vaccines for example which were rolled out uh, at the beginning of the year uh, in uh, you know especially in cages five, eight, kids ages five to 11 years old, and then of course in the summer they rolled it out in kids less than five years old. Uh, if these MRNA vaccines are damaging the immune systems of these kids, and we know that MRNA vaccine efficacy kicks in approximately six months after the injection, after the last injection, then these kids become susceptible to all kinds of infections not just COVID-19 but influenza, RSV, streptococcus. These kids become highly uh, susceptible to these infections and now previously healthy kids are dying and uh, the health authorities are not telling the parents anything about this.
1: Right. You know, we'd like to show a video from 2020 that spoke on exactly this topic by some experts including Anthony Fauci. Take a look.
2: Take on the big scientific challenge of coronavirus vaccines. And I say a scientific challenge because one of the things that we're not hearing a lot about is the unique potential safety problem of coronavirus vaccines. Uh, This was uh, first found in the early 1960s with respiratory syncytial virus uh, vaccines. And it was done here in Washington with the NIH and Children's National Medical Center that some of those kids who got the vaccine actually did worse And I believe there were two deaths in in the consequence of that study because what happens with certain types of respiratory virus vaccines you get immunized and then when you get actually exposed to the virus you get this kind of paradoxical immune enhancement phenomenon and what how and and we we don't entirely understand the basis of it but we recognize that it's a real problem for certain respiratory virus vaccines that killed the RSV program for decades, now the Gates Foundation is taking it up again. But when we started developing uh, coronavirus vaccines and our colleagues, we noticed in laboratory animals that they started to show some of the same immune pathology that resembled what had happened 50 years earlier. So so we said, oh my God, this is gonna be problematic. I wanna make sure the American public understand. It's not only safety when you inject somebody and they get maybe an idiosyncratic reaction, they get a little allergic reaction, they get pain. There's safety associated. Does the vaccine make you worse? And there are diseases in which you vaccinate someone. They get infected with what you're trying to protect them with. And you actually enhance the infection. You can get a good feel for that in animal models. So that's going to be interspersed at the same time that we're testing. We're going to try and make sure we don't have enhancement. So the worst possible thing you could do is vaccinate somebody to prevent infection and actually make them worse.
1: Okay. So we gave you a little bit of time to read that. Um, now I can't read it really for the, uh, th- for the podcast. Um, but Dr. Macus, this is sort of what you're talking about. And this has been an alarm that's been sounded by Dr. Peter McCullough. Um, you know, world renowned, uh, heart specialist. A lot of doctors have said, perhaps this is not what we should be doing because we might be lowering the immune
0: system that's correct and i actually believe that this is exactly what we're seeing right now with this huge outbreak of respiratory infections in kids uh, and i believe it's one of the mechanisms that's the basis for this negative vaccine efficacy that we're seeing in children you know starting several months after they've been injected with uh, with the mrna vaccines um, what both of those videos talked about, and um, I think those were fantastic videos to show, was um, antibody-dependent enhancement, also known as ADE. Now, antibody-dependent enhancement um, occurs with, with uh, some vaccines, um, and they were really worried that it would potentially occur with the mRNA vaccines. And then, of course, Um, The doctors who raised concerns about this, Dr. Malone, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Geert Vandenbosch, um, I've raised concerns about this as well. Uh, We were all silenced uh, when we started talking about AD and antibody-dependent enhancement. This is a serious problem that I don't believe Pfizer or Moderna ever solved. Um, I believe that the push, to roll out the vaccines and make obscene amounts of money, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars in profit, was so strong that they didn't bother really um, fixing this problem or addressing this problem. And what happens is when you get injected with an mRNA vaccine, your body de- your body is supposed to theoretically develop antibodies against the spike protein, but it also um, ends up developing antibodies. Um, that are sort of called non neutralizing. So, other antibodies that um, are found later on to actually help the virus enter the cells. And so, um, what happened was with the so called good antibodies waning after, you know, a few months, two, three months, which was the basis for requiring booster shots. And now, of course, Dr. Teresa Tam insists that Canadians need to take their booster shots every three months. Well, the reason is that the neutralizing antibodies, um, they, they wane after a, a couple of months at best. Um, so they're no longer functional or they're no longer there. And you're left with these bad antibodies, these um, uh, antibodies that can then cause antibody inha- antibody-dependent enhancement of infection and disease. So you've got these faulty antibodies that are actually helping, um, you know, the virus infect your own body's cells. Um, And so the kids that have been mRNA vaccinated after a few months really do seem to end up being much more susceptible to all kinds of infections, whether it's COVID, whether it's the flu, whether it's RSV, and now we're seeing kids dying from strep as a complication um like a strep pneumonia that shouldn't be happening like why are kids suddenly dying previously healthy kids dying of the flu of the strep there's obviously something wrong with their immune systems and the health authorities are refusing to tell us uh the about these kids who have died they're refusing to give out their names their their ages and i can understand you know the you know, the the sort of the need for privacy and confidentiality, but we're in a situation where hundreds of thousands of kids have been injected with potentially immune system destroying mRNA vaccines. Uh, So parents have absolutely the right to know if these vaccines are in fact damaging the immune systems of, of young kids to the point where these kids are unable to fight off you know, regular infections that healthy kids should be able to fight off. Um, and, and we're not being told this information by health authorities. They're just refusing to address this um, in any way whatsoever.
1: Well, I'm devastated over this um, as as a mom. Uh, you don't expect your kids to pass away from the flu or strep, not, not any time that I've known of this. This seems to be, as you say, It's nine kids maybe that would die, uh, pre COVID. And I don't think any children died, uh, really during COVID. It was very hard to find any child that truly died of COVID even to this day. I don't know what they've come up with, but now after the rollout of the vaccines and in our world, now we're seeing little precious kids like this. Look at this little guy, um, age seven, Calgary, Alberta. Slade Smith, yeah. look at that. Face. I wanted to,
0: I wanted to, uh, if you can just keep the graphic, this graphic sure. up. Um, I want to tell you about some of these stories because it, it's really, um, it's really shocking what's going on. The uh, the child who died on December 19th, uh, Lady McAddis Soloway, this was a yes. seven year old boy in Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, who had actually died from blood clots in the lungs as well as streptococcus infection and this was a very strange story because um the only information we have is that he had hurt his arm at some point
1: isn't that a girl
0: well it's 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 a boy um i I believe who identified as a girl and um so he had he had hurt his arms and uh, they, they went to emergency and, um, you know, I guess um, sent him home okay. and then he came back and ended up with blood clots as well as a streptococcus infection and had passed away. And, um, you know, again, that you, you start to see blood clots. Why? Why blood clots? That shouldn't be happening. What's going and on? Then, just two days before that you have this nine-year-old boy from Ontario who died on December 17th Colton Windrum and he had died of a sudden blood clot to the brainstem. stem and again why why blood clots right why why is this happening and of course the health authorities will not tell us any more beyond that right were these did, were these kids um, affected by mRNA vaccines. Uh, were they mRNA vaccinated? Um, we don't know. Or is it something
1: and, else? Shouldn't we else? at least but, be investigating it? Shouldn't this, this be alarming? I would want to know.
0: These, yeah, these these cases should absolutely be investigated. And then what struck me was that uh, I kept finding sudden deaths of high school students that again, no one is talking about. So if you look, you see Chase uh, Rominger, 18-year-old boy who had uh, autism, just died suddenly in Ontario. Uh, 15-year-old boy in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Alejandro Caceres, who was a basketball player. So again, you wonder if he was uh, mRNA vaccinated in order to be able to play basketball. Again, just died suddenly. 19-year-old boy, Cole Willerton, in Nipawa, Manitoba, uh, who was an avid hockey player, 19 years old, died suddenly. So, you know, and I kept finding these, these high school students um, who are collapsing and dying with no explanation whatsoever. Um, now, in, in these cases, we don't even hear about these cases because uh, presumably these case, these children were not affected by influenza or RSV. So they don't come up in the, in the statistics for the influenza and RSV outbreak, you know, and then I found this, uh, one and a half year old boy, uh, Sawyer Slaney in Innisfail, Alberta had died in a sleep, went to sleep and never woke up. Right. This was also very recent. Again, we don't know medical history wise. Um, you know, there was, there was, uh, no information that he had any prior medical history of, of any kind. Uh, And then, of course, uh, we had the the seven-year-old hockey player in Calgary, Slade Smith, who died on November 29th uh, of, um, they say, four-day illness uh, followed by heart complications. I believe this was one of the influenza deaths. And again, he was a hockey player. Was he mRNA vaccinated? Most probably. And this is something that parents should be informed in Alberta. This should be the subject of investigations and inquiries. Um, you know, there were a couple of girls in British Columbia who had died on, of influenza or strep. Again, one of them, a hockey player, presumably mRNA vaccinated. You could see on the, on the following, um, following picture, if you want to put, uh, put that up, um, you know, Danielle Cabana, who died on November 26th, six years old hockey player, presumably mRNA vaccinated. And this was the age group that they were extremely aggressive in rolling out the mRNA vaccines at the end of last year and beginning of this year, um, they wanted all kids five to 11 years old jabbed. I lost my Twitter account over raising concerns about rolling out vaccines in this age group. And look at these ages. Um, Peace Muko Harusha, age six, died in Quebec. Danielle Cabana, age six, died in Richmond, BC. Lucas Holly, age six, died in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Um, you know, like, look at, this is the age group that they were so aggressive in rolling out the mRNA vaccines in, and now we have all of these sudden deaths in this age group, no one willing to talk about it, public health authorities absolutely silent, refusing to even put out this information. The only reason we know about these children is because the families have have, um, set up a GoFundMe and of course gofundme requests are public publicly accessible that's the only reason we know about some of these stories i know in the case of the the, the girls who died in british columbia the public health authorities were completely silent until about a week after the two uh, gofundme um, uh, web, websites were set up then a week later bc authorities come out and and say okay uh, six kids have died of influenza it's like Okay, and you're are you investigating this? Are you doing anything about it? They're doing absolutely nothing about it. So right. this has and been no so and fu- no alarm, no
1: alarm. Um, no alarm being sounded. No
0: alarm being sounded. Record deaths of kids, and you know this. This for me is deja vu. You know, with with I saw this with the doctors. You know, we started tracking, uh, started tracking doctor deaths. You know, we had the three doctors who died in Mississauga. Uh, of course, the fact checkers came aggressively tried to suppress that information you know, then I put out reports, 13 doctors, 32 doctors, 80 doctors. Now it's over a hundred. And again, no one is investigating it. No one is raising alarms, um, other than myself and, and a few others. Um, and it's really like a a deja vu all over again, um, where the authorities are hoping what, that they could sweep this under the rug or that this is going to go away. This is not going away. If you look at these deaths, um, even in these children, There's been four deaths since December 14, right? There's been 23 deaths since November 24th, right? And and again, this should be the number one topic Um, No, no reporter with a conscience uh, We're in British Columbia.
1: Yes, it should. Yes, it should. Where's the reporters with a conscience? Where are the people sounding the alarm? Do we not have media? I mean, in the old days, the media was sort of the fact checkers to keep society and the government in line. So as a parent, I'm very grateful that my kids are all grown up, but if I had little kids and I'm not hearing anything about this, Anything about the extent of it, um, the potential, not seeing that maybe there could be a causal effect that we're refusing to look at, maybe. And as we put this uh, out here, and you know we're on all of the platforms today, um, we're asking questions. And why, why aren't decent doctors? and authorities why is dr bonnie henry not sounding an alarm why is dr Teresa tam not sounding an alarm on what's happening to canada's children where's the media
0: exactly and and honestly this is 23 kids this isn't you know one or two kids um i could see how they could try to sweep under the rug maybe one or two kids dying you know in each province and they'll say, well, you know, that that happens and it happens every year and so on. But I've found 23 kids, and this wasn't easy information to find. Um, It was actually very difficult to find, uh, but I have found 23 kids so far. There's probably more, and I'm not counting at all uh, infants who have passed away. I'm not counting, you know, stillbirths or anything like that. We know those are happening as well. Uh, I think the youngest, child I have in in this grouping is is 1.5 years old um, the child who died in his sleep but the vast majority of the kids they're in that age range six seven eight nine years old where that's where the mRNA vaccines were rolled out in that group and we could be seeing antibody dependent enhancement of infection which is 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 causes the same, um, which basically causes negative vaccine efficacy. You you have a vaccine that is making kids potentially much more susceptible to infection than if they had never taken the vaccine to begin with, and we know that COVID nineteen was absolutely not an issue in healthy children in this age group, five to 11 years old, they should have never received these vaccines. In fact, mRNA vaccines in this age group are banned in a number of European countries, certainly all the Scandinavian countries are not vaccinating uh, kids in this age range. You can't get it even if you wanted to, even if you beg the government for mRNA vaccines for your child in this age group, five to 11 years old, you cannot get it because they're banned. Uh, That's Denmark, that's Sweden, Norway, Finland. um, and, And, you know, they must have done it for a reason. They obviously, their public health officials know something our Canadian public health officials don't seem to know or don't seem to care about. And then, of course, you've got a second cluster of deaths in these high school students, you know, sort of ages 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, uh, and again, mRNA vaccines were rolled out aggressively in this age group as well, sort of 12 to 19 years old, something like 80% of these kids received two doses. And these are healthy kids, many of them athletes, who are just collapsing, dying suddenly, and no one's even talking about that at all. Um, and I, as you can see, you know, on the graphics, I have a number of these uh, children um, who've who've died suddenly. Uh, you know just absolutely inexplicably uh this one case just absolutely horrified me um it was a boy who had died in october so that's the that's the next graphic um and his name was a uh, syed nasir shah he was 19 years old in in saskatoon uh, saskatchewan and uh, apparently he had gone for a workout in the gym and he was found dead in his car just outside of the gym, um, presumably af- after his after his workout, and um, you know the family has been asking questions as to what what the heck happened. It was perfectly healthy, um, and no answers. We have absolutely no answers. Um, I just heard about this yesterday, and uh, you know this happened in October. No one knows about it. It's no one is talking about it. You know we had the two students who had died uh, right next to him is Spencer Cornelis, 20-year-old student in Western University, London, Ontario, which had a very aggressive mRNA vaccine mandate, so all their students had to be mRNA vaccinated. And two of their students died suddenly in the past two months. It was Spencer Cornelis, 20 years old, and then Megha Thakur died in November. She was 21 years old. And um, you know those two students, presumably fully mRNA vaccinated, had died suddenly, and then Western University rescinded their vaccine mandate, but really, like, do children have to die, you know, before some of these institutions wake up and start removing these uh, unethical, unlawful vaccine mandates? And what about our public health officials? How come no one is hearing about these deaths? This is all just, you know, quietly shows up on on Twitter or, or some other alternative social media, but the health officials are not talking about any of these deaths.
1: It's absolutely shocking and uh, you, you're putting this information out, um, are you being contacted by people that want to investigate the legitimacy of the claims you're making?
0: I have been, so I continue to be contacted by journalists. Um, it's now been uh, a Reuters, Associated Press, Global News um, and a few others, a Toronto Star. And it seems that the journalists from these mainstream media outlets are only interested in smearing me and attacking me. And I could tell by the nature of their questions. And by the way, they are asking questions that they are basically writing hit pieces on me. So a global global news journalist contacted me a few weeks ago, was extremely aggressive, extremely. Uh, unpleasant and accusatory. That was when, um, if you remember, the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario had put on their website suggesting to Ontario doctors that they put unvaccinated patients on psychiatric medications or refer them for psychotherapy. And she writes to me and says, why are you lying about the college? And I told her, I'm not lying about the college. I'm not misrepresenting the college. This is the statement from their website. I gave it to her. Uh, Here's the statement. Here's the statement that they altered following a public outcry, where they tried to walk it back and claim that they only meant uh, unvaccinated patients who were afraid of needles, which is complete nonsense. Because even if someone is afraid of needles, really, you're going to put them on psychiatric medication and <laughs> send them for psychotherapy.
1: Exactly.
0: Like, oh come on, that's, that's that's even
1: that's complete that's stupid.
0: It's 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 absolutely stupid, but this was the way the college was trying to cover their behinds and this global news reporter was attacking me saying why are you misrepresenting the college and and you know you're lying and that's not what they said and that's not what they meant. So I told her I said, you know what? Why don't you publish the exact excerpts from the college's website, the one before and the one after that they altered and let your readers decide, let people decide what is misinformation and what isn't misinformation, um, let people decide for themselves. But you know, th- this these are the ways I'm being attacked. Of course, in the Toronto Star hit piece um, that they interviewed um, um, Timothy Caulfield, the, Unif- the University of Alberta law professor who is getting more than $2 million from the Trudeau government to promote vaccine acceptance and to fight quote, COVID misinformation, um, of course, they did a huge hit piece on me and the uh, my report on the 80 doctors who died suddenly or unexpectedly with Timothy Caulfield saying, oh, yes, I debunked this. This has been debunked. He didn't debunk anything. Right. He doesn't have a single autopsy report of any of the 80 doctors who've died suddenly or unexpectedly. He's a con artist. He's a liar. Right. He's being paid millions of dollars by the Trudeau government to attack and smear doctors like myself. He's not even a doctor. He's a law professor specializing in health. He's basically a vaccine salesman. He's a Pfizer and Moderna vaccine salesman, a vaccine pusher paid by the federal government. And he's attacking me, a physician who has four years degree in immunology, a five-year degree in oncology, and he's attacking me and questioning my credentials and saying that I'm spreading misinformation. I will go head to head with Timothy Caulfield in a debate on medical issues any day, right? But these are the people who are getting paid obscene amounts of money by the government.
1: What do you and mean? by that? get two million. Yeah. What? what Over how two does million he get that?
0: dollars. It was. It was. A, it was actually a program set up by the federal government. I don't know the specific name of it. But uh, it's like a research grant, right. so they claim that it's research. Ugh. He set up this um, this where front. Where they do no company. research. Yeah, I mean, he set up this front called Science Up First, and apparently, this is where the money is going. And so they, you know, they make posters and they basically put out disinformation on social media. But what he's really doing is he's attacking doctors like myself. He's attacked other doctors who have spoken out with concerns about mRNA vaccines and he's smearing us. He's smearing our professional reputation and he's trying to silence us. Um, and these are the kind of people that are getting front page articles on the Toronto Star while they basically say that I'm spreading misinformation about the doctors. and know the doctor, none of the doctors have died from COVID-19 vaccines, even though they don't have a single autopsy report right. uh, to support their claims.
1: And I'm not certain what kind of person it takes to want to hide this information, or at least be part of demanding an inquiry for humanity, for children, for doctors, for people that are being forced to get these vaccines across our country, for young people that are entering uh, to become doctors. One is in my family, and they're, they're going to be forcing uh, the boosters. None of, none of this information and this crisis, this amount of people, this amount of information that that definitely needs to be looked into, not to mention Dr. Anthony Fauci himself and that Dr. Hotez at the, the beginning of, of the clip, many other doctors saying this is a possibility. Is this what we're looking at? That we have vaccine-induced um, dependency, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but Basically, this could be happening. That is a medical phenomenon that can actually happen. And now we're seeing children die, and we've got sick reporters out there. I'd love their names. I would love their names. When when they want to do a hit piece on you, let's go to all of to, to myself and everybody else. North America, they're starting to take notice of everything that you're saying. They're listening. So let's be sure to to go into what kind of person. Uh, believes that they should write a hit piece on a doctor with great expertise, great education, and you're telling parents something that they can't hear on any of these mainstream medias. Uh, It's just, it's absolutely disgusting and appalling. As a mother, as a Canadian, uh, I'm sickened by this assault against humanity and it's work like yours that is helping the, the public to be educated. And hopefully they won't be lining their kids up because they have information now.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's the most important thing about all of this is, is that especially parents should have access to this information. This is something that should be addressed by either the provincial health ministers or the public health officials in every single province. They should be informing parents of these risks, these potential risks that we might have thousands and thousands of children who, whose immune systems are either dysfunctional or suppressed or have been damaged to such a you know significant degree that they are at risk of dying from infections, influenza, RSV, streptococcus, whatever it may be, that healthy children are at risk of dying from these infections because their immune systems have been damaged um, from potentially these mRNA vaccines. Uh, And this this damage has been known by many doctors, many PhDs, um, like you played in the clip, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Hotez actually know about this. This is not a medical mystery. This is not a new discovery they knew that this has always been a problem with vaccines for respiratory infections specifically. And the reality is that they never solved this problem for the mRNA vaccines. This problem of antibody dependent enhancement of infection and of disease has always been a risk there. And we started seeing negative efficacy, negative mRNA vaccine efficacy in late 2021. This data came out of Denmark which showed that the Danish population, the the people who were double vaccinated were getting sick at much higher rates than their unvaccinated population. And this was corrected for, you know, the number of people who had been vaccinated and even the proportion of people who were vaccinated, they were getting sick at far higher rates than the proportion who were vaccinated. So uh, this problem is not a mystery. This has been known for at least a year now as you know, um, Elon Musk has been exposing the suppression of this information, uh, especially COVID information that took place over the past two years. Um, There's been a recent release of these Twitter files showing that the White House uh, in the United States was directly involved in shutting down the accounts of uh, highly credentialed doctors, whether it was Dr. Peter McCullough, whether it was Dr. Robert Malone, uh, Dr. Kuhldorf, uh, you know, some of these were Stanford, Harvard doctors who were being silenced because they raised concerns about mRNA vaccines or, or vaccine mandates or vaccine efficacy or safety. They were silenced. They're Uh, Twitter accounts were shut down and this was on the orders of the White House itself, whether it was staff at the White House, uh, whether it was through the assistance of the FBI. We know that the FBI was involved in shutting down thousands of accounts that didn't go along with the narrative about whether it was COVID-19 or vaccines or elections or other things. we know this is, I mean, they have the files. This is all coming out now, thanks to Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. And Elon Musk has said that there will be another expose done on Fauci and COVID-19 and suppression of doctors who have been raising these alarms over the past two years. That's gonna come out in the next week. Wow. Uh, now, fortunately he has started uh, restoring the accounts of some of these doctors. So Dr. And you Peter need McCullough, yours restored. I hope so. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for my turn to come. But, um, you know, my account wasn't as big as as Dr. Peter McCullough's or Dr. Robert Malone's. And they fortunately, they're now back on Twitter and they're helping to add a voice, um, you know, to all of us who've been raising concerns about these mRNA vaccines. Um, but Elon Musk has to, you know, free the rest of us uh, from Twitter jail as well. So we can add our voice to the discussion as well.
1: Yeah, well, we sure do love Elon Musk right now. We actually have like a 20-second clip from Elon. Let's take a look at what he's saying.
3: I mean, to be totally frank, um,
0: almost every conspiracy theory that people had about Twitter turned out to be true. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) (laughs) is there a conspiracy theory about Twitter that didn't turn out to be true? Uh, So far, they've all turned out to be true. And if not, uh, more true than people thought.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the the difference between a conspiracy theorist and a a prophet is simply time. Um, And the time is is on our side, actually, and it's showing us the truth. Um, So I do hope that you get that back. I appreciate what Elon Musk is doing. Uh, he's a very controversial figure, but I have to say, I mean, right now he literally has turned this thing upside down with his revelations. He's got the, the Democrats, you know, on, on the run in the United States as they're showing, you know, all of the stuff that was done with the election. Um, I I mean, it's just right there for everyone to see. This is revolutionary and, you know, to, to take some of his billions of dollars and uh, invest it in helping humanity in this way. This is epic. He'll go down as a hero for for this latest move, buying Twitter.
0: Absolutely. And imagine it has cost $44 billion to turn around this this sort of massive um, suppression of information, whether it's COVID-19, whether it's vaccines, Um, You know, whether it was the elections in the States, whatever it was, it took $44 billion and a private investor, you know, billionaire Elon Musk to actually open up uh, all the suppression that has been going on for the past two years that people knew was going on. But that was being denied. It was being denied by the government. Uh, It was being, you know, denied by the White House, by the Canadian government. And yet the amount of suppression, the effort that went into suppressing um you know doctors like us i mean i'm i'm a nobody i'm you know i'm a small doctor in you know in edmonton canada and yet can you imagine laura lynn there were individuals you know i don't know directed by fbi or the white house or who who at some point had looked at my account and had probably spent you know maybe an hour or two or several hours discussing the content that i was putting out about mRNA vaccines. And they said, oh, this, uh, this guy, Dr. Macus, he's gotta be silenced, he's gotta be shut down. We're going to kill his Twitter account. And, and they did that. Uh, and this has happened to many of us, that there were 11,000 accounts that were suspended on Twitter for raising concerns about COVID-19 vaccines. 11,000 accounts. This is how thorough the suppression of freedom of expression, freedom of speech by government officials was. And honestly, I would tell the health ministers, the the health ministers in every province in Canada, I would tell them, you better get with the program and start telling parents what they need to hear about these mRNA vaccines, about these kids dying, because if you're trying to suppress this information and you're gonna be caught sooner or later, and it's it's all all gonna come out, the truth, always comes out eventually, then these health ministers, I mean, they will be complicit in these deaths. You know, the fact that they're trying to cover these deaths up, you know, the Ontario health minister saying that he he is refusing uh, to to release any information about these deaths at all, uh, or BC comes out and, you know, a week or two later says, okay, yeah, six kids have died.
1: exactly yeah exactly i do think they're complicit they're complicit in crimes against humanity and god help them every mom and dad whose heart is broken because they just did what they thought they were supposed to do they wanted their child in in a a hockey you know tournament and and exactly. wanted to to be a good family and wanted to do the right thing for the safe and effective agenda that's been put out and to find out that this is going to go down, as Dr. Peter McCullough has said, as one of the greatest mistakes, one of the greatest medical, um, you know.
0: Scandals. Scandals. It's going to be the greatest, it's going to be by far, the greatest scandal in medical history. There's nothing that even remotely will come close to this catastrophic rollout of COVID-19 vaccines that were that were rushed, that obviously you know many people profited from, you know billions of dollars were made. The amounts of bribes that were paid to politicians, we know that $65 million in bribes was paid paid out to politicians and health officials in Australia. This has come out in lawsuits. $65 million apparently was the cost to buy some. Um, you know, health authorities in, in Australia. Uh, we don't know what kind of bribes were paid out here in Canada. We don't know what caused Jason Kenney to do a complete 180 degrees in Alberta and cave in on on, on vaccine rollouts and vaccine mandates and vaccine passports and basically yeah. cave in on absolutely everything. Um, you know, we don't hear from much from Jason Kenney anymore. Um, but all of this information will come out eventually. The people who got rich from harming thousands of adults, pregnant women, and now children, Uh, all of this information will come out eventually. Everyone who took a bribe from Pfizer or Moderna, everyone who took research grants or money like Timothy Caulfield, who took more than $2 million to push mRNA vaccines and to try to suppress anyone who raised concerns about these vaccines like myself, All of this information will come out sooner or later.
1: Shame. It's disgusting. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Mackis, for what you're doing. This is certainly not going to be our last conversation. And I'm looking forward to uh, more opportunities to, uh, to be there when you are speaking now out in public, and you're letting people know exactly what's going on. And when you do a live event, you don't get shut down. And so we just thank you very much, Dr. Mackis, and uh, appreciate your time today.
0: Thank you very much, Laurelyn. Thank you.
1: That is a courageous man in Canada. And pray for him, pray for his family, uh, that they are safe and blessed. I am livid. All right, I'd like to go to... um, Global News Trudeau interview where the food bank worker says people asking about assisted suicide Uh, Our country's in a mess. It's not only what we're facing medically, but what's being done um, for us financially we are really dealing with a crisis and I have been saying to people like I notice how much buying food has gone up and I I joke about my cremo, you know being more expensive but it's every single thing, and if this kind of um, harm is happening um, to you know to people where they they feel they can't afford groceries, this is what's happening. And recently, Trudeau was confronted with it. Take a look. I want to
4: ask you about the cost of living, which you raised. Inflation is hovering around seven percent. You know, the Bank of Canada has raised interest rates multiple times. It's causing such hardship for people in this country. I want to play you a clip if you don't mind. Uh, We've done multiple stories about the cost of living and this one in particular uh, uh, surprised a lot of us.
5: So
3: people are so desperate, they're coming here for food, but then they're asking you about assisted suicide? Yes. That's You're having people ask you about assisted suicide? Yes.
4: That's, when I say that this is an emergency in the community, People who are
5: living at the bottom income percentile in our community are talking to us now about taking their own lives because it's too hard to be poor any longer. Yeah.
4: That's the CEO of the uh, Mississauga Food Bank. And we were stunned by that. Yeah. What goes through your mind when you hear that?
2: It's, it's heartbreaking. Uh, and it deepens my resolve to do everything I can to be there for people.
1: Thank you very much for your authenticity, Mr. Trudeau, thank you for caring. More debacles, even in the United States, Uh, the White House now talking about the the masks, I guess. Take a look at this.
5: There's no study in the world that shows that masks work that well. So you're never going to get the kind of benefit from mandatory year-round masking as you would from making substantial improvements in indoor air quality. But it's a lot easier to implement as well.
1: (laughs) And we kind of knew that. Um, uh, Do you have that still image with Megyn Kelly and uh, Dr atcha. oh, okay, it's a video on the harm of COVID policies. We've all been through this, and now it's all coming out.
3: Was what would make them want to put me on a trend blacklist? It was somebody outside telling them to do that, and I, I you know, we have from this lawsuit, we have emails that directly implicate a dozen federal agencies, including, you know, the CDC, uh, in, including uh, the health agencies. That what they're deeply concerned about, the Surgeon General's office, uh, they, they're deeply concerned about the spread of misinformation. By that, what they meant is legitimate people with credentials and good arguments outside that contradicted what they were saying. You remember back to last year, you had the CDC director telling people that if you uh, if you are vaccinated, you can't get or spread the disease. I mean, that mm-hmm. was false. It was clearly false on the data at the time, uh, and 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 yet. Uh, the CDC and, uh, and the federal agencies labeled people who disagreed with them as spreading misinformation, even when it was 100% accurate information. Uh, the the well, idea the suspicion... that the vaccines could cause myocarditis in young people, that was that was documented mm. pretty early in, the, uh, in in 2021. And yet people that spread that information were, were suppressed. Martin Kulldorff, my colleague who wrote the Great Branch Declaration, a Harvard professor, he, he wrote that... Uh, he wrote that, uh, uh, that, that masking, pe- masking people can provide them with a false sense of confidence and that by doing, by requiring masks, you, you may actually have ended up killing vulnerable people who went out in public thinking that they were protected against the disease when they weren't. That was 100% factual and yet that was suppressed by Twitter um mm. you know it's 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 absolutely shocking these these uh the because uh, it's, it's and the reason it's shocking is it's not so much the first amendment violation although that that's bad enough i mean you know, my basic civil rights were violated uh, but what's shocking is that the consequences were that we adopted a whole range of ridiculous policies that harmed children it harmed it harmed uh, uh parents it harmed uh working class people it harmed vulnerable people uh for nothing and those policies wouldn't have been adopted had there been a legitimate debate, had Twitter and the government permitted a legitimate debate, Censorship right. actually killed people, I think.
1: Absolutely. Think about how they tell you that the, the mask is going to protect you and it doesn't because – The mosquito going through the chain link fence has been the example of how small that virus is going through a mask. So you think you're protected and you're a vulnerable person and you go out thinking and and you're mad at everyone who's not wearing masks, but really you're not protected at all because they suppress this information. It's just, you know, it's horrendous. It really is. Um, Tucker on the COVID facts that are still disputed in Canada. So Canada is just on Tucker Carlson's radar. And I just love when he brings up Canada every, uh, almost every night. It's fabulous. Take a look.
5: Well, by now, pretty much everybody, even the Washington Post, admits that the COVID vaccines don't work at all, as intended. The overwhelming majority of people dying from COVID at this point are vaccinated. Masks don't work either. But these basic scientific facts are still not well understood. Apparently, in Canada, a country that's become so completely unreasonable, it barely resembles a country at this point. In Canada, the government is now airing full-on propaganda videos directed at children to force them to take the vax and wear masks indoors. Here's Canada's, quote, public health officer, Teresa Tam, visiting with Mrs. Claus to check, check her vaccine papers. Watch.
4: It's been a tough season with lots of viruses making people sick. Thankfully, Santa and I are feeling as healthy as ever. We are both up to date with our vaccinations, including COVID boosters and flu shots. That's
1: so good to hear. I always tell Santa to make a list and check it twice. One, stay up to date on your vaccinations. Two, wear a mask in crowded indoor places and make sure it fits nice and snug. Three, wash your hands to the tune of jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way.
5: Now ask yourself, is that less wooden and more believable than the state propaganda produced by the Kim regime in North Korea? No, actually it's not. And doctors should be speaking out against that because it's corrosive of the public trust in medicine and it's just lying but not many are, in fact, virtually none. Some of them are moving in the other direction.
1: So after everything that we've seen today, after everything that we're learning, after all the data that's rolling out, Dr. Teresa Tam does this hugely humiliating video. So embarrassing, really, such an embarrassment. And if you went on Twitter to see all of the negative comments, I know quite a few people reported on this. I was watching, um, I got in there too, but, um, just there, there's all nothing but upset. When I looked at it, the only person that had a a positive comment seemed to be somebody that says, oh, that's my aunt. And, uh, you know, you don't want to admit that your aunt was in a video with Dr. Teresa I mean doesn 't Twitter is very interesting in that it exposes what people are thinking. People are not on dr teresa tam 's side it's interesting. she puts out something and there is nothing but hate for her for a hundred and fifty thousand comments beneath you know absolutely astounding. Uh, dr. Peter McCullough and uh, Alex Newman recently spoke on the long lasting genetic harms of uh, the mRNA vaccines.
5: Yeah, and I remember that's one of the things you told me early on. You said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm treating these people here. We've got a protocol that works really, really well. Um, and, and you were being silenced for saying that, even though you were seeing people recover who, if they had gone to hospital, if they had followed the you know the Fauci protocol, for lack of a better term, uh, would not have been doing as well. Um, truly amazing. Um, Dr. McCullough, I saw you recently on an interview with a, a friend of mine from Canada, Tanya, and you were talking about uh, concerns about the, you know, what this injection may be doing to our genetic code. Um, I remember that was one of the questions you weren't even allowed to ask. I mean, you couldn't even say, might this do something to our genetic code? Uh, talk a little bit about your concerns and what you've seen that, that has led you to speak out on this.
4: There's been a paper published from Almo, Sweden, senior author is Yang D. Morenis, that showed that the genetic code for Pfizer gets installed into the humus nucleus of the hepatoma cell line, Uh, very rapidly, within a few hours. And experts believe the entire code is actually installed into the human genome. This paper has not been challenged by any other lab. Uh, We're looking for confirmation, but this is disturbing now. uh, Since the messenger RNA for Pfizer, in a study done by Stanford, uh, by Rolkin and colleagues, is permanently in the lymph nodes, uh, at least as far as they've looked for several months now. So the genetic code, once people take these vaccines is long lasting It may GD get into the nucleus, change the human genome, and then pass down to daughter cells. That means uh, that this could actually be passed down to the progeny of vaccinated young parents. Uh, There couldn't be worse news right now. We are hoping this vaccine would be in and out of the body. It looks like it's long-lasting, causing causing a tremendous amount of damage. So
2: there you have it.
1: I hope that you'll share this video. I hope that you'll share it right now. Push the share button to someone and just say, hey, watch Dr. Maccas and they can see some of this information. This is the way you continue to uh, be a voice and do your part to spread information since you're not going to get it on global CTV or CBC. Um, Tucker Carlson, one of my favorite uh, guys. Let's do another clip from him. I think that um, this is
0: huge.
5: This is a man who showered with his own daughter, who smiles when he's mad. This is a man who will say literally anything. If the Chinese military unleashed a deadly manufactured flu virus on the world, Joe Biden would blame you for it. And actually he did. People are dying of COVID, Joe Biden told us, because you have questions about an experimental mRNA shot that doesn't really work and whose long-term effects we can't know. You're the criminal here, not the Chinese government, because you're, quote, unvaccinated. You must be punished. That was the message from the White House, picked up and eagerly disseminated by Biden's equally soulless stooges in the media. And here's one of them. Leanna Wen, formerly of abortion giant Planned Parenthood, now of CNN.
1: We have a very narrow window to tie reopening policy to vaccination status, because otherwise if everything is reopened, then what's the carrot going to be? How are we going to incentivize people to actually get the vaccine? So that's why I think the CDC and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say, if you're vaccinated, you can do all these things. Here are all these freedoms that you have, because otherwise people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway.
5: So the unvaccinated might be, quote, enjoying freedoms, fretted Leanna Wen. And everyone knows under the U.S. Constitution, that's not allowed. Scurry back to your hovel, Kulak. No freedoms for you. The gruel is ladled at four. Slurp it with gratitude. <laughs> oh, what a difference a year makes. Now we know that everything Leanna Wen told us on CNN was a lie. And we know that for certain because amazingly, Leanna Wen just admitted it. This week, when acknowledged that actually, this is not a pandemic of the unvaccinated, it's the opposite. The CDC, she said, has now determined that, quote, vaccinated people who never had COVID were at least three times as likely to be infected as unvaccinated people with a prior infection. And a Lancet study, continuing the quote, found that those who were vaccinated but never had COVID were four times as likely to have a severe illness resulting in hospitalization or death compared to the unvaccinated who recovered from it. (laughs) I mean, what? So the vaccinated are four times as likely to be hospitalized or die from COVID, four times. So it turns out that none of your vax propaganda was true to put it mildly, it was all a lie. The question is, can we get our lives back now? How about our economy, our jobs? When's the part when you break down in racking sobs of contrition and beg forgiveness for misleading the entire country in matters of life and death and hurting people? We look forward to that part, though obviously we're not holding our breath.
1: No, we're not holding our breath. Remember all that stuff? The the pandemic of the unvaccinated, the cruel treatment, you're not allowed into restaurants, the continued nonsense put out by the WHO in that That video that I put out last week, and I don't even see it making a lot of like playtime on Twitter or anything, but the WHO, I I mean, I honestly think we should be playing that every day because it's talking about vaccine uh, um, hesitancy aggression or something. And that we're going to have to find a political way to deal with this, all these people that were basically terrorists. Um, So take a look at this graphic here. And um, so uh, I'll see if I can see it. JT, what are we looking at? WHO labels unvaccinated people a major killing force globally. Exactly. A major killing force globally. This is what I talked about. They were calling us basically these terrorists. And um, so look at um, look at the data. This is Scottish COVID-19 statistics as Public Health Scotland weekly uh, repeats. So... Basically, the orange is the vaccinated, is that correct? And the purple is the unvaccinated. So what you can see there is that uh, when it comes to vaccination um, status there, okay, and cases, hospitalizations, and then deaths. So the deaths, it's it's way higher, 79.5% of the deaths now are in the vaccinated. Um, isn't that interesting? So hmm. I think that more and more of this stuff is going to be coming out. And we're going to begin seeing the truth. And why isn't global covering that? Uh, anyone? No? Um, uh, so what's left, JT, the still image on the, the world, how, how much it's warmed? Yeah, so all this global warming, or it's really global colding right now. Um, storms like we've had, we've had these kinds of storms. Um, Boston was pretty cool though. Oh, did you see some pictures from Boston? Oh, Buffalo. It was Buffalo. I knew, I knew it started with a B, but I have JT here to be a fact checker. Always fact checking me while I'm online to make sure. <laughs> okay, read the headline here. Oh, I got to change screens here. Um So Peter Clark, uh, the world warmed by only 0.3 of a degree in the past 43 years, less than the margin of error. There's no global warming crisis, and this makes it clear. The noisy UN campaign about a climate crisis is fake. The actual crisis is the staggering damage to Western energy and society. Isn't that fascinating? I hope we shared that on my, on my Twitter page. Yeah. And it's on Flipboard. Remember, if you want to see any of these resources, go to Flipboard. And was there a WHO that we should look at? Um, W E F is it? Yeah. Cancels, uh, cancels its Twitter page. And I think that Whoopi Goldberg is leaving. Bye bye. Uh, W E F bye bye. Um, and promotes Chinese social media sites. Fabulous traders. Okay. Is there a video? Okay. Oh, okay. This is showing the WEF's social media links. And, um, oh, there we go. So, what they're all about what? YouTube, TikTok, Evo, oh, okay. No Twitter. Oh. So the WEF is no longer promoting its uh, Twitter. Do you know what? Me and Elon Musk, uh, we join forces and uh, we link arms to say, we won't miss you. Farewell. So long. Goodbye. Um, my website is laurelin.tv. Thank you for joining us today. You won't see any of this. Uh, we might uh, get written up badly by a few, um, mainstream media places, but we actually uh, consider that to be a badge of honor whenever that happens. And we hope that you enjoy all of this information, that it helps you to get the word out. And we do it from the goodness of our hearts and we are funded and supported by you. Thank you very much. Uh, it's coming near the end of the year. And if you need an income tax receipt, um, we would be delighted to send you one. And we are here to spread the love of God in the midst of a storm of life. Uh, we like to look at the news and see it from God's perspective. We love talking about God's plan in the middle of the chaos that the enemy is planning. So if you would want to donate to us, you can go to Laurelland.tv. You can make a donation. You could also e-transfer Laura Lynn live at protonmail.com if you'd like to do that. Any way it comes, we sure do appreciate it because it's the only way that we make money. I am completely unhirable. I cannot even get a job at Walmart. What do you think happens if I go and apply for a job somewhere? Uh, they look at my Facebook and they go, oh, oh my goodness, she's one of those social terrorists so we can't have her yeah and uh, even if they agree with me they don't want to hire me because someone's going to complain someone's always complaining and yet you know what i don't receive very many complaints here because i don't have a boss uh just god and jt and JT's a pretty pretty good boss you know not helpful in the snow with with shovels or anything like that but uh he is a, a very good person easy to easy to deal with And mostly goes along with everything I'd like to do once in a while, puts his foot down. And then I know, oh, this is serious. You know, when he says no, it's no. And um, we love doing it because we believe that without knowledge, the people perish. And if we do not have our God right now, his wisdom and his strength, then I don't know how we're going to survive. I'd like to leave you with a scripture today. Also, if you're looking to buy some gold and silver uh, before the end of the year, maybe, or In the near future, uh, we've had some people on regarding funds, and they do seem to be saying, this is the experts, this is not me. I know we follow them because we believe that's true. So we don't keep a lot of extra cash hanging around. We um, like to purchase uh, silver for us, gold's quite steep. Um, A little bit of silver, it's good for your, you know, something to have in your repertoire. It's outside of the monetary system being controlled. By our world governments, and it's a, a great place. It's a safe place to put your funds into silver. And we like to use Steve Merrill at sovereignize at protonmail.com. He says he made up that word. So don't leave your money just sitting around. You know, maybe buying real estate, maybe it's a good idea. Real estate's kind of going down. Maybe that'll be a good investment. I don't know how much farther it will go down. We don't know what's going to happen and we don't know what's going to happen when they figure out that all of this money that they're spending, uh, the world governments, Canada and the United States, same thing. They're in trillions of dollars of debt and they keep printing money and giving it away instead of taking care of our own people. When I drive down Maine and Hastings, the poorest postal code in the country, and I see what's going on there, I'm just wondering, wouldn't $1 billion fix this? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't a billion dollars fix Maine and Hastings? God help us, God help us. Um, So I'll leave you with, I'd like to read you today. uh, What is today? It's the 27th, right? Yeah. I want to read you Proverbs 27. Do you know that there's 31 uh, verses, uh, 31 chapters in Proverbs? So let's say you're getting into reading the Bible, the word of God, which is so powerful and so wonderful. Um, get in the habit of underlining things that mean a lot to you and make sure that you have a Bible, get a nice Bible, get a nice leather bound Bible. Treat yourself, you know, go down to maybe, um, there's uh, James, um, house of James in Abbotsford if you're in this area, but get yourself a nice, nice Bible. You can even order them actually. And uh, mark up your Bible, write dates in it, circle things that mean something to you and then leave it for your children because they're gonna need the Word of God as well. That's what my dad did. I don't think my dad knew. (laughs) I don't think my dad knew when he left this Bible that it was gonna be so significant to me. I remember seeing him read it in his last days here on earth and uh, being comforted by the fact that he was such a godly man. We all need the Word. Our children need the Word. Leave something for your kids. Proverbs 27, do not boast about tomorrow For you do not know what a day may bring let someone else praise you and not your own mouth an outsider and not your own lips any of you out there big braggers oh i can do this and i can do that this is what i think blah 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 you know i'm trying not to say i as much but i think i still say it too much but we're not supposed to brag about ourselves did you know that don't go around telling everybody how great you are. Let others, you know, all you have to do is give it a bit of time. When you don't brag about yourself, people feel like saying something nice to you. But when you're always nonstop talking about yourself, you ever notice how you just like, huh, oh. you know, why, why should I compliment them? They already know how great they are, right? I'm always looking for someone that maybe needs a boost up. They're not just bragging on themselves. All right. Stone is heavy and sand a burden, but a fool's provocation is heavier than both. Anger is cruel and fury overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. You know, Once in a while, a real friend, a real friend says something that's a little bit painful and they, they kind of gently point out something and it's like a wound. But the word says that that is better because it can be trusted. When your friend is trying to tell you something for your own good, that's a beautiful thing. And if you receive their admonition, you'll be a wiser person. One who is full loathes honey from the comb, but to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. When we have a lot, we don't even appreciate good things like honey. But when we start getting hungry, everything tastes good. Except those crickets. I'm not eating crickets. I don't care how hungry I am. I'm not eating crickets from the Cricket Factory in Montreal. Like a bird that flees its nest is anyone who flees from home. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, but the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Cherish your friends. We'll see you tomorrow everyone, God bless. You know it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support.